leaders know that context matters. How do we know that context matters? Well, there's a couple of media explanations for that and, and a lot of different worldviews are expressed through them. But there's two little examples, one from an iPhone 13 ad, which I'm gonna discuss at length, and also one from, from movies way back when, when we talked about putting me in the right light or putting me in the right angle or even, well, you know, Karate Kid 2, he said what we need to work on. He said, your focus needs more focus. Leaders know that context matters. That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. You, we've seen these uh, old movies and old films where you see the cameras just a little bit off to the side of, of what it's supposed to be on the screen of you. You see the frame of things. We've even seen the highlight reels. You can find them all over YouTube. Just go and see those most rewind moments or the thing you missed in such and such a movie. And maybe it's the, the Easter egg of an upcoming movie or maybe it's a character that didn't belong in that movie. They actually are from a different movie or maybe it's the old John Wayne movie with the yellow school bus driving across the background and you're thinking horses, cows, and a school bus? That doesn't seem right. But see, everything in our world kind of fits around what we're zoomed in to see. Maybe you've seen the old Andy Griffith show where the guy comes to town, he wants to make a film about Mayberry and he holds his hands up like this and he's, and he's looking at the world like this. What is he looking at? He's looking at the ability to crop the world and allow you to see what they want you to see what the movie producer wants you to see, what the politician wants you to see, what other leadership wants you to see. See, right now you've got a pretty wide field of background behind me. It gives you a little bit of context as to the type of environment that I work in and the things that I do. But the minute I change to this one, I have a very controlled environment behind me. I know exactly what's in this frame. I designed the studio. I put the cameras up. I angled the lights. I know what's supposed to be highlighted with color and what's supposed to be diminished because it's not in focus. Focus. Your focus needs more focus might be might be the phrase as we come into this brand new year that you need to pay close attention to because context matters. Now maybe you've seen the new iPhone commercial. I love the way they put it because if you're not in videography or cinematography, you've never worked in a studio, you may not really think about what's in focus and what's out of focus. It, it plays on your mind, but you're not really paying much attention to it. Photographers and videographers all know that you want the depth, you want something in the foreground, and then you want your subject, then you want something in the background. It gives you that depth. And you know, this angle for an example, you may not know it from normally looking, but this plant, it's actually in front of me. Yeah, it's not beside me and it's not behind me. It's in front of me. It has been since the day I set the studio up this way. I like the color that it adds in here. It creates context, right? Just like the painting behind me and the bookshelves behind me. It's all for framing. Now, if I were to turn the camera around and show you where the studio actually is and everything that's going on around it, it would change your perception of the studio. But here's what I know. We live in a world today where TikTok dominates, not just in views, not just in impressions, the trends and where people are making their money. If you can get enough people to watch your videos, you can actually become very wealthy 
exposing yourself or dancing in an appropriate way or saying things rude to your spouse. Yeah, there's a lot of money being made by people who have 800,000 views of them being verbally abusive to their mate. I don't recommend that as a way to get rich. You might be rich, but you may have a horrible relationship. But we also know as leaders that we can change the focus even within the scene. If I were to push my camera out of focus and you couldn't see me, you might be inclined to read the detail on the covers of all the books behind me. If I were to push things out of focus and all you could see was the picture frame up there, again, you might be inclined to pay more attention to that. In the new iPhone 13 Pro Max commercial, it talks about cinematic mode. And in cinematic mode, it demonstrates how the person in focus is the primary subject. That doesn't remove the element of existence from all the other subjects in the, in the frame, but it does mean that the one that's being focused on is the one that's getting attention. Let me translate that for you as a leader and for just individuals going through life. In your life, if you're focused on the drama, the drama is getting more attention. If you're focused on your income, your income is getting more attention. If you're focused on the bad things that are happening and the bad relationships you had, they're getting more attention. And you know what happens when you pay attention to something? It grows. Sometimes it grows literally. It actually becomes a bigger problem than it was before because you're paying attention to it. An example might be if, if you're trying to be on a strict diet and you really want to pay close attention to what you eat, then making a journal of everything that you put in your mouth, that puts focus on your diet. That puts focus on your habits. That puts focus on the nutritional subjects of your life, your diet, and your health. But if you're not paying attention to that, it's easy for that to get pushed to the side. If you're not focused on that, if it's not in the context of your overall life and you're living just for your diet, well, your work is going to suffer. Your relationships are going to suffer. And if you're just worried about your waistline or your actual numeric weight, well, then your whole body may suffer. Because where your attention goes, energy flows. Where the energy flows, where your focus is, where your awareness is, those things grow. I also want you to pay attention to the fact that people around you, just like TikTok, gives you a, a freeze frame, a moment in time. Life out of context. Yeah, you can watch a 30 second TikTok video. I mean, maybe it's the boom boom video where the young lady wears baggy clothes and then strips down to something inappropriate. Maybe it's maybe it's the video of the, the spouse being verbally abusive or maybe it's the other one getting revenge. But remember, this is a this is a snapshot. It's a very small window frame. It's a very small perspective. You don't get to see much of what's going on around outside that and yet it informs your brain on how to think and how to feel and how to emotionally react to that moment. Some of them are brilliant. Some of them are devastating. All of them control the frame. Yeah, see, if I were to step out of the frame, now you have an entirely different video, don't you? If the only part of this entire video you saw was that, you'd think, why is somebody even producing this video? There's nobody in the picture. I don't understand what's going on. Out of context, out of frame, out of focus. See, those change everything when you're the viewer. When you're the leader and everything is out of focus, out of frame, out of context, you will lose perspective on what you're trying to lead, on who you're trying to lead. You might even lose perspective on your own vision, 
Where is it you're trying to go with this objective? What goals are you trying to accomplish? What strategies do you need to employ? What tactics do you need to take action on now in order to accomplish what you've set out to do for this brand new year? All of those things fall apart the minute you lose the context in which they fit. What part of life is so important that you abandon everything else? Is it one relationship that you need to focus on to keep the wheels from coming off your life? Is it one task? Is it one customer? Is it one client? Is it one new piece of education? Is it getting that degree? What is that thing that you need to focus on that you need to turn the lights off on everything else around you until this one thing is the only thing that you can see so you can focus on it? I'm coming to this new year with a drive, not only in myself, but from those around me to say, there's a whole lot of focus going on. Let's focus on one thing. Let's zoom in tight on that one thing. Let's give it all the attention, and all the focus so that one thing can grow. And over the next few weeks, years, months, I will explain those things to you as I dig deeper into that one thing focus. What's your one thing? What are you focused on? Now, don't let that become out of context because you've zoomed in so tight and focused so clearly on that one thing that you lose sight of the rest of the world. But if you want that one thing to grow, if you want that thing to change in your life, leaders know context matters. Maybe what you need to do is focus priorities based on the amount of time you spend, the amount of money you spend, the amount of attention that you spend on any given task. And maybe, like the Pareto Principle, you'll realize that, well, there's a whole lot of that blended in with the rest of my life, and 80% of my time is spent on 20% of my solutions. That's just a fact for most people. John Maxwell talks about how you can do a priority list where you take the 10 things you do every day and mark them down every day. Write down the 10 biggest things that you do. And at the end of the day, you ask yourself, which one of these 10 things was the most important to get done? And how much time did I spend on each of these 10 things? And most of the time you'll find that the progress you make is based on the 20%, not the 80 yeah, there 20% of the things take all your time and your attention, and they also make all the progress, which means 80% of those things you could probably drop out of your life. Just the way it works, dig into it. But don't allow that focus to become a soundbite. Don't allow that focus to become a 30-second TikTok video in your life where you're focused so intensely for one moment. You don't understand the neurological impact it's having in your life. I really believe... <clears throat> over the last decade, as we've seen everything from Facebook Reels to YouTube Reels to TikTok, compress our ability to comprehend and understand. I believe we've been retrained, many of us who pay attention to social media at all. We've been retrained to look at the world through a very narrow lens. Don't pay attention to everything in the periphery. Focus right here. We even see it in a 10 or 12 second video. There's a highlighted circle. It looks like John Madden's been playing with the TikTok video. The focus, the attention, it's right here. Look right here for 10 seconds. Pay attention to nothing else. Maybe you remember the movie, uh, Now You See Me. He was very clever when he said, the more you look, the less you'll see. The more you look, the less you'll see. Oh, sure, your focus will be in that one spot. Your attention will be in that one spot. You won't miss anything right there. Question is, what will you miss all around that? As leaders, you've got to know context matters. Oh, it's great to see what's in the red circle. It's great to see what's in the video clip. 
It's also very important as a leader to back up, zoom out, and get the broader perspective to know everything that's in the frame and everything that's going to be impacting you, even that stuff coming in from out of frame, so to speak, the things you're not paying attention to in life that can derail you. As a leader, that's part of your responsibility to know what those things are in your organization and in the lives of people that you lead. If you're not helping them to control what's going on around them by giving them perspective, raising their awareness, opening up their worldviews just a little bit, then you run the risk that context will be lost and focus will be distracted. Perspective can be manipulated when life is nothing but a soundbite. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Sometimes the most effective thing you can do is to tell a lie. I don't recommend it. In fact, it almost always comes back to bite you, but sometimes the most effective strategy against you as a leader will be someone who's willing to lie because in their mind, well, the ends justify the means. Whatever they can do to win the game, whatever the cost to you or anybody else, they don't care. And sometimes the most effective thing your enemy can do is to tell a lie. That's what I'm going to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. Maybe you've been the victim of that lie that seems to take traction like a snowball rolling downhill. It, it starts off really small. Somebody just drops a hint or a suggestion into the pool of conversation around the water cooler or the coffee shop, and all of a sudden, there's some big story going on about you in the background that maybe you don't even get to hear it for a while while it gains traction, while it builds momentum. And the next thing you know, you're standing in front of the board or you've been called into the HR office and you're trying to defend yourself against a lie. See, there are all kinds of accusations that can be made that are destructive. There are accusations that can be made that require no basis in truth whatsoever. Just an opinion. And maybe, maybe not even opinion, just a false conjecture. Yeah, there are times that, that someone out of spite or out of jealousy or because they want your position or they want the promotion that you got, they'll just drop a little seed of doubt. You know, even in our court of law, we are innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Meaning, the defense attorney really only has to prove that there's a reason to question the accusation. Or so it's been in our country for over 200 years, our standard of legal justice has been that you are innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. That is not so in the court of public opinion. 
That is not so in the workplace. That is not so in the church. That is not so in your community or in your neighborhood. No, if you're accused of something, even if the accusation has zero merit whatsoever, it will damage your leadership opportunities. It could damage your freedom. You could be arrested or indicted or at least brought in front of a grand jury for something that you actually didn't do, you had no part in. Because we've reached a place in our society where the use of the accusation to kneecap the opponent has become a very effective tool. I mean, just give you an example. If I were if I were a young woman working in a workplace and I were to go to the wife, the wife of the owner or the CEO, my leader, my manager, and just ask a question like, next time your husband grabs my breast, how would you like me to respond? Now see, in that question, there's an accusation. And that accusation may rest in zero truth at all. The event has never taken place. It has never happened even once. There is no merit whatsoever to the foundation of the premise behind the question, and yet the question causes doubt. The question makes you wonder if that boss, that leader, that husband has been unfaithful, has been inappropriate in the workplace. And just that question alone could create enough of a firestorm to cost a man his job or maybe even his marriage. But see, those kinds of questions and accusations, uh, they're hurled around on a regular basis. The implication that kind of gets a wink and a nod that everybody, they know what you're talking about, even though there's really not an accusation there, because if there was a genuine accusation, then that person could be fired or even sued for slander. No, they're not going to take that chance. They're not going to go that far. But they are going to imply enough to make everybody ask the question, is this person really a person of integrity? What happens to people, especially in religious leadership, all the time, they're accused of things. I remember, in fact, not too long ago, a Supreme Court justice was accused of things that apparently, allegedly, happened 30 years back. But there was no cooperating evidence. It was the accusation alone that became national news coverage. It was the accusation alone that became the fodder of every talk show on earth. It was the accusation alone that nearly ended this person's career, damaged their marriage, damaged their public reputation and their community involvement reputation because of an accusation. Turns out the accusation didn't have enough merit to stand up in a court of law and the accusation was later withdrawn from the accuser. Truth was, just like what I'm talking about today, an accusation with no truth in it still can be a very effective measure. So how do you guard yourself against that? Well, as a leader, the first thing that you've got to be willing to do is admit there may be people in my life who are jealous and unscrupulous. There may be people that I lead who I can't trust with any kind of conversation beyond strictly business. There may be people who could be gotten to, so to speak, by outsiders who would say, I'll give you a nice handsome check or a nice vacation or a better job or another raise if you'll just ask the question in public that will cause enough irreparable public damage 
to this person's reputation that they're no longer a factor for us. Oh yeah, it happens all the time in politics and in business espionage. And believe it or not, believe it or not, I think this is just my opinion. The whole Jeffrey Epstein and, and Yellen Maxwell, all of that was about the same kind of stuff. It was how do we get people in compromising positions who are in leadership so that we can use that leverage against them when they don't behave the way we want, make decisions the way we want, vote the way we want, write policy the way we want, align themselves with the people we want. We'll use this scandal, if you will, to destroy them in the future. And it's, of course, the same reason that that whole process of legality has been tainted from the beginning, because there's some big, powerful people who've been tied up in it big powerful people whose reputations are at risk, whose reputations are on the line, whose careers could end in jail time if they're discovered and found guilty of what they're being accused of. But see, as long as you can play that game with the rich and powerful, uh, there's money to be made at it. There's a change of hands to be made at it. What if you're the victim? What if you yourself become the victim of these unwarranted, untrue accusations? Well, you've got to be careful who you surround yourself with. It's really the only guard. Live an impeccable life. Live a life of integrity. Know that you are the kind of person that everybody thinks you are. Don't just put on for show when you're out there in the public. When you stand up as a leader to make a business decision or a public declaration, make sure that that declaration aligns with your core values, your personal decisions, your life behavior. When those two are consistent, it becomes really hard for anybody to make an accusation against you because people just look at you and go, yeah, we don't believe it. There's no truth in it, and, and it's obvious. And we also live in a day when, in the founding of our country, the, the, the turn of the nation was based on some pretty powerful words. One set of those words was, we believe these truths to be self-evident. We believe these truths to be self-evident, meaning this is a truth so obvious as the nose on your face that it's really hard to argue with. And the following statement was, all men are created equal, endowed with inalienable rights. You can't take those away. Those rights didn't come from government, so they can't be taken by government. But see, the foundation of that whole concept rests in the fact that we believe these truths to be self-evident. Today, we don't live in truth that is self-evident. We live in truth that is self-created. We get to make up our own truth. Whatever we want to be true, well, for today, that's true. And so long as someone's willing to declare that it's true, everybody else has to figure out how to deal with it. And that's where a lot of leaders find themselves trapped. They're being judged by a world of falsities called truth. A lot of ideologies have no basis in truth. They have a basis in, well, just someone else's idea, someone's opinion, the way they want it to be. And if you as a leader are held to a standard that is ambiguous, that's constantly moving because, well, nobody really knows what truth is. It's just who gets to make the decision on truth for this week based on their political power, their financial power, their position. If you're the leader caught up in that, you may find yourself fighting against a whirlwind, trying to lead. When people are accusing you left and right 
of what has no merit, no basis in actual truth at all. But for the day, it's politically expedient for them to tell the lies that they hold to be truth. You can only guard yourself against this by living a life of impeccable integrity. When others are gonna lie about you, there should be enough evidence to prove that what they're saying is a lie. There should be enough evidence because you've always done the same thing in the same way. If someone were to call my wife for an example and say, we saw your husband drunk at such and such a place, that conversation is already over. Why? Well, because in 27 years of marriage, my wife has never seen me drunk. Why? Because in my life, I have never, not one time, been drunk. The entire amount of alcohol that I have consumed from the day of my birth until today all poured into one pitcher wouldn't fill a sweet tea pitcher. To say that I've been drunk means either somebody has slipped me a mickey or you're just flat up lying. It's a really dangerous accusation for you to make to say that I was drunk because it's just so far out of character. There's zero history, zero risk of it ever being proven true. When you've lived a life where you can make direct, absolute statements like that, then that's gonna have less effect in damaging your reputation. Now there are other areas in my life like my temper and my former addiction to pornography. Those things, those might be at risk. If somebody were to say I once saw, well, back when, more than 20 years ago now, that would have been a possibility. Not today, but I can't unprove what didn't happen more than 20 years ago. You see what I'm saying? See, every leader is vulnerable to the untruth. Every leader is vulnerable to the untruth because people unscrupulous enough to make up a lie to destroy your reputation, they'll stop at nothing to destroy your reputation. So you've got to guard it. As a leader, you've got to guard your reputation, first by living an impeccable life, and second by guarding yourself from the people that you allow into your inner circle and into your life. Hope you'll take those cautions and those precautions because we live in a day where self-evident truth is not so self-evident anymore. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.